0: Hello, and welcome to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. We have a great show today, so stay tuned. Glad to be back for another episode of Bonafide Podcast. It's been... A very interesting week, last few weeks, with the lottery, the draft, everything, trade rumors. I mean, what are your thoughts right now?
1: Uh, I'm really shocked about the Celtics trading the number one pick to the Sixers. That kind of took everyone else by surprise.
0: Yeah, that actually, when I first heard about it, I couldn't believe it because all the reports were coming out that the Celtics were so high on Fultz. I mean, it was almost a guarantee that he was going to be a Celtic. And then I guess the Celtics had a few workouts and realized they might have liked someone else and thought they could get more for the pick. So um, I think it also says a lot about the future of the Celtics because this demonstrates they seem to be moving forward with Isaiah Thomas then if they don't go for Foltz. And it doesn't look like they're going to draft a point guard. makes more sense for them to keep Isaiah Thomas than shop him. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that for sure shows that they are ready to commit to Isaiah Thomas. And you got to remember, he's going to be a free agent next offseason. So they're probably going to look to sign him long term on a max contract.
0: I totally agree. I think it wouldn't make sense for them to just let him walk now. Unless they end up trading him with, with with the way the Celtics have been going recently, uh, they're totally capable of doing something like that. But personally, I don't think there's any way they trade him. I think they're gonna keep him. They're gonna, I think they're gonna draft Tatum, Jason Tatum. And then they're going to move forward with maybe one more trade. I think they might be involved in another trade, whether it be Jimmy Butler related or Porzingis related. I could definitely see them making another.
1: Yeah, that's one of the shocking things this offseason is the Knicks are trading the best young asset.
0: Yeah, when I think about this Knicks team, dude, I just, when I saw that initial report that they were thinking about trading him, I just got so angry. And Phil Jackson, you know, I'm a Laker guy, I'm a Phil Jackson guy. I think he's one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best. His job in the Knicks front office has been atrocious, it's been completely terrible start to finish. Nothing but bad things have gone on. The only good thing that's that's actually happened was getting Porzingis. And now they're going to trade Porzingis but even before they trade Melo. I just don't understand. I just don't. that. And they're talking about possibly trading him. And there's rumors that they want that Mark Cannon guy out of Arizona. And is that not what Porzingis already is? He's a better version of that Mark Cannon guy. So... They're going to trade this guy and try to draft the same person over again? I don't don't get it.
1: I think what they're trying to do is put him out on the market. I really don't think they'll actually go ahead and trade him. Let's say they just shop him and they just get a ridiculous offer from Boston because Boston's been linked to wanting Porzingis in the past. And what if Boston offers them number three, a future couple picks, and a player off their roster.
0: Wow, you think the Celtics would give up that much? You think they'd give up the number three pick and future picks? See, when I, when I first thought about it, I thought they would try to give up maybe some of their future picks that they just acquired and some current assets on the team. Maybe Jay Crowder, maybe Avery Bradley, maybe Marcus Smart. I didn't, I don't know. You think they'd give up the three pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, Let's say they do give the three pick, you're essentially getting Porzingis, who was the fourth pick that year. So if you had the opportunity to flip the three pick to for Porzingis, who's like 20 years old right now, he's not even like anywhere near Very the true. height of his potential. That's just something that I would consider it. And especially with him being seven foot three and can run and is so athletic. He's really a hard guy to just not even consider trying to get
0: well i still think the celtics if they can should go for him i don't know if i'd give up the three pick and other things i might give up the three pick something small but i don't think i'd go the three pick and the other first round picks for him when you can draft someone like jason tatum and use those other picks maybe involved in another trade for somebody else like a jimmy butler Or I don't know if they're still even looking at Paul George or not. Well,
1: what if you were the Knicks? What would it take for you to give up Porzingis?
0: I think Phil Jackson has tarnished that relationship. I think Porzingis has seen what it's like to be a part of a below-par organization. I think he made some comments last year, too, about his future with the team. And he didn't know where the organization was going. I think he even might have missed Uh, a meeting or something big and it kind of sent a message that you know he's not happy with what's going on there I think everything surrounding Mello, the uncertainty even in the front office with everything that happened with Charles Oakley like it's just not going well so I think Porzingis first chance he gets he'll leave anyway based off of what's happened I think Phil Jackson has to get rid of him and if you can get the number three pick back for him, even just the number three pick, I think you're you're fine as, as far as the Knicks go. I mean, in a perfect world, they shouldn't be trading him because it makes no sense. He's a very good player. He has a huge upside. And what they want to replace him with is virtually the same player. But I think they've already done too much. It's sort of like what happened with Lamar Odom when the Lakers uh, involved him, I believe, in the Chris Paul trade, maybe one before that and then when the trade didn't go through Lamar Odom was so mad that they were going to trade him that he demanded a trade and so I think that's what's happening with Porzingis even if he doesn't get traded the relationships ruined they're better off just moving on and getting what they can get now
1: the thing with the Knicks and Porzingis is I believe that the Knicks have all the leverage right now because Porzingis is only in the third year of his rookie contract and when his rookie contract is up he's going to be a restricted free agent so the knicks technically have all the power to just hold him and get the best available offer so if i'm the knicks i wouldn't trade porzingis for just the third pick straight up like i definitely would want a lot more for a guy of of his caliber and potential
0: You might be right. We'll see what happens. I think they do have some kind of land going on. I think Phil Jackson secretly wants that Mark Cannon guy, even if he is a clone of Porzingis. And we'll see. I I think if I had to predict right now, I think he's going to be dealt tomorrow. So getting on to the next topic, let's go through a little lottery pre-draft layout. Let's see where we think things are going to go. As far as the number one pick goes, I think it's uh, 100% locked in Markel Fultz. Can we agree on that?
1: Yeah, I think the Sixers made that trade and assured Markel Fultz will be the number one pick. And I think number two is just as much of a Mm -hmm. lock as number one. The Lakers and Lonzo Ball is a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah, I mean, myself being a Laker fan, in a nice way to put it, very upset by that trade of D'Angelo Russell now you know me I've never been a big D'Angelo Russell guy but that trade in the short term was terrible you give up a guy who is what 20 years old for a Brooke Lopez whose best years are probably behind him he's always injury prone in this NBA he can't really keep up with a lot of the bigs or lack of bigs out there and so I was upset by that, but I guess in the long term trying to do is I think kind of clean house and prepare cap room for some big free agents, whether it be Paul George, the hope of a LeBron James, other players like maybe like Blake Griffin or maybe just other other options like that where, so they can have more cap room to get legitimate stars. Because I think Magic right now is in a, in a state where he doesn't want to rebuild from scratch he wants to rebuild with stars and a couple young players so Lonzo Ball like you said I think he's locked in and they're gonna put pieces around him and I think they're gonna try as hard as they can to get Paul George to put around him
1: yeah and at number three with the Celtics whether they keep the pick or not is the question but I honestly believe that at three that they're leaning Mm -hmm. towards Jason Tatum right now
0: yeah, I had heard reports before about maybe Josh Jackson, but the most recent one I heard was Jason Tatum. I think they're really confident in that because they know the Lakers aren't taking Jason Tatum. If the Lakers don't take Lonzo, it would have to be Josh Jackson. That's why the Celtics are so confident is because they know the Lakers aren't going to take Tatum. I mean, getting to four, I think the Suns are going to take Jackson or Fox?
1: It all depends on which direction they want to go. It would be smarter for them to get Josh Jackson and mold mm-hmm. him into the three that they're missing. But they could also go Fox ship Eric Bledsoe somewhere else and try to get something out of him. So they have some decent options on what they can do with that. Me personally, I heard that they were looking into maybe even getting Alonzo Ball, I personally Mm -hmm. would try to uh, engage with the Lakers and maybe offer number four and Bledsoe for number two.
0: Now that's interesting because looking out from a non-biased Lakers perspective, that seems like a good deal. You get someone who can be a legitimate, solid 3-2 scorer in Josh Jackson, and you get a decent... A fairly good point guard in Bledsoe I mean the Laker in me says we want Lonzo he's gonna I think in a lot of ways he's similar and yet opposite to D'Angelo Russell he's got that Hollywood vibe about him and kind of that that flashiness that D'Angelo had but I think he's a pass-first guy which magic loves and so I just don't see them doing that trade but like you said I could actually see the Suns taking Fox because, you know as well as anybody, the last few years, they've been obsessed with guards. They've had so many quality guards run through their program, whether it be Isaiah Thomas, Dragic, Bledsoe, Brandon Knight. They're just stacking up guards, and then they ship them out. I could see them getting Fox and possibly moving Bledsoe or even trying to play them together. I don't really know.
1: Yeah, I... I don't really know exactly what direction they want to go, but either or can be beneficial to their franchise. Me personally, I would try to do everything I can to get Ball and have him with Booker and Young Bender and Marquis Krias because Ball is one of those guys that can just make everyone else around him better. And I think that's sort of what the Suns see and want. But whether they can convince the Lakers into doing that is the really the question.
0: So- I think it's probably pretty locked in. I mean, you never know because the Kings have done terrible things recently. But I say whoever's not selected four, whether it be Jackson or Fox, is probably going to go five to the Kings. And I think what would be very interesting with that would be De'Aaron Fox there because I think he's be more of a impact player from be- the beginning and just change their entire program, whereas I think Jackson, I-, I think the Kings are a little weary of scoring guards from Kansas right now after getting Macklemore and seeing how well he's panned out, or lack thereof. So I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox in a Kings uniform just because I think he's got that tenacious lefty play, almost like a James Harden but in a true point guard format where he's going to be not he's not going to be scoring as much as James Harden and might not even get as many assists as James Harden but I think he's going to run the court more like a traditional point guard would in the sense that he's not going to have the ball in his hands 100% of the time like a James Harden does but he's going to be able to create and just take that Kings team from a a frantic they don't know who to give the ball to to at least they have a go to guy who can make a play.
1: Yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox is the guy that they really, really want. I mean, Josh Jackson obviously wouldn't be a bad fallback. De'Aaron Fox is the point guard that they're missing and he I think he fit very nicely with Buddy Heald and Willie Collie Stein and that the rest of that young kind of core that the Kings kind of built out of that Demarcus Cousins trade I think that they're just missing that one floor leader and you got to remember they also have number 10 as well so even if they opt to go Jackson here because Fox is taken earlier they could maybe hope that a guard like Mm -hmm. Dennis Smith or Malik Mock falls back to them so they they can go uh, a couple different directions. with both of their top
0: 10 very players. true now I was just looking at that too because the Kings in having those two picks let's say they get De'Aaron Fox then do they go for a big and try to get you know someone that can match up and help but if they get Josh Jackson then they could go with a young guard like you said and Dennis Smith Jr that would be a dynamic young backcourt
1: that would be good because uh they would have let's say they do get Josh Jackson and their starting lineup would consist of Dennis Smith Jr., Buddy Heal, Josh Jackson, uh, Scalabuse from Kentucky last year, and Willie Polly Stein. I mean, that's just a really young Yeah, lineup. I
0: totally agree. That's almost the best lineup the Kings have had in 10 years in terms of potential in the future. I mean, I can't remember the last time I looked at the Kings roster and thought, wow, they they have a good future ahead of them. <laughs> That's been a long time since I've said that. But getting next to Magic and Timberwolves. Now, tell me about Jonathan Isaac. I haven't followed him as much as other people. I know about Laurie Markkannon, and I've heard a lot of people have grown higher on Laurie Markkannon as time's been approaching. But tell me a little bit about Jonathan Isaac.
1: Jonathan Isaac is a long, lengthy combo forward that's 610 from florida state uh he's one of those guys that are really like the bigger boom or bust candidates in this draft he has the potential to be one of the best two-way players like he's shown that he has a decent three-point shot can really use his length to switch onto to like guards and pick and roll so he's one of the guys that has been really linked to the Timberwolves but uh the new GM of the Magic is the old GM of the Bucks and he's the one that picked Giannis Attentacupo based on his like size and length and his potential and a lot of noise out there about them picking him up at number six it's really what the team see in him and how much potential they think they can like drain out of
0: him yeah he looks like I mean he's a big guy So what would he play? Uh, Would he he be a center or a four? Honestly,
1: uh, as of right now, it looks like he could play the three and the four and maybe a little spot center if they need to go really small. I mean, he's really like skinny, so he'd have to put some weight on to play like Mm full-time four and full-time, maybe part-time five. But as of right now... As a six eleven three, 3, he has the size to okay. be very dominant.
0: And, you know, someone else who's on the board right now, Malik Monk, who he had a great year. And I remember at one point people almost had him in the top five. And so I could see him, as of, as of some of the drafts I've been looking at, he's projected to go, you know, in that 8-9 range to the Knicks. But I could really see someone... Like, even the Magic taking him at 6. Or, in the Kings, dude, they've done some weird stuff before. They could do that. And I think he's a very quality player. Almost, compared to this draft, I think he's almost a top 5 player. But it's going to go based on need for these teams that he's probably not going to get drafted top 5.
1: Yeah, a lot of these guys in this draft are top five potential in any other draft but because this draft is a little deeper than most you have guys like Monk and Dennis Smith Jr. and even Lloyd Markinen. uh those guys would be top five picks in other drafts but you could see them slipping
0: yeah definitely tell me a little bit about Zach Collins from Gonzaga I don't know all that much about him. I know Gonzaga had an amazing year. I n- I know he's seven feet tall, which is you know you definitely can't coach that. Think he's worth a top ten pick, or you think he might slip down a little bit?
1: I think a lot of teams are high on him right now. Um, I can definitely see him going from the ten to fourteen range. Uh, I've heard reports on the Heat, even like like really like hoping that he falls to them. So. He's one of those guys that even though he came off the bench for Gonzaga, he showed a lot of flashes of good potential and he can shoot the three, he can run the lane, decent shot blocker as well. So he pretty much has all the tools to be a good NBA player, especially in today's game. But he needs to be on a team that can take a little time with him and develop him right.
0: Now... I know you love the Heat, so I'm going to skip down to them, actually. I know, you know, we got the Pistons and the Hornets and stuff up in there. But talk about who you think they're going to select, because there are some still some very, very decent options with that 14th pick. And, you know, they could get someone like Justin Jackson or maybe even a Luke Kennard if he falls. Um So who do you think they're going to take, and how do you think that will affect them? That
1: is the biggest mystery that I've been trying to figure out for the past few weeks. They've brought in a decent amount of guys to work out. I think they're really looking for Zach Collins or John Collins from Wake Forest. Not a lot of people have heard of John Collins, but he went from being like a freshman at Wake Forest that didn't really play a lot to... Being the ACC runner of, of player of the year. And he averaged like over 20 points and 10 rebounds and also did all of that without shooting threes. So he's one of those guys that can really score from the mid range and has a de- couple decent post moves. So a lot of teams are interested in him. Another name that I've been seeing that the Heat could get at 14 is uh, Donovan Mitchell from Louisville or Luke Kennard from Duke. So They can go a variety of ways. They can go guards with Kennard and Mitchell, or they could go bigs with uh, both Collins.
0: Yeah, any of those guys, I think Justin Jackson, to me, is the most NBA-ready. Obviously, he's a little older and being a junior, but I think he could come in and have a steady impact, and I'm sure just about anyone who's seen him can see the resemblance with someone like a Nick Batum. And so, you know, I don't know how he fits in with the Heat because I know they're high on Winslow. And would Justin Jackson come in and play the three? Or would he come in maybe and Winslow and him can play alongside each other? Maybe as a 3-4 or a 2-3. So, I think he got a lot of options, but if he's there, I'd i'd have to take justin jackson
1: yeah i'm a big fan of justin jackson as well but Mm -hmm. i think that he's a little like lower based on what else they can get uh a lot of mock drafts i've I've seen that they have put justin jackson down to 21
0: going to the thunder
1: so he could go as high as 14 to the heat i could see him totally drop
0: i mean well someone i'm thinking about that comes the top of my head When I think about players in this draft that might be getting overlooked or that are going to step in and definitely outperform their draft level, I'd have to go with the guy out of Cal, Ivan Rab. I think, you know, when he came out of high school, he was ranked either one or two. He's only 20 years old. He averaged 14 and 11 in college at Cal, and I think he slipped a lot. I mean, there was talk after his freshman year that even before his freshman year, he'd be a top Three pick, maybe one. Uh, did he maybe deserve to fall a little bit? Yeah, maybe because he didn't come out and uh, perform and get you know 20 and 15 every night. But he's so young and skinny, like, imagine when he fills out. This man's 6'10 with a seven foot two wingspan. This guy, I really think, can impact whatever team he goes to immediately.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that what hurt him the most was not coming out last year he was projected to be a lottery pick last year and he decided to come back to school and the biggest thing with him is that most teams notice that like he didn't really
0: improve mm-hmm.
1: much on his game and that's what i think is really hurting his draft stock because he has the potential and he's shown in flashes that he could be the player that they thought he was going to be last year uh and they picked him in the, or we're thinking about picking him in the lottery so it's all about just showing out in the workouts and showing the potential that you showed the year before and you can go a lot higher than anything or he could mm-hmm. fall
0: and so now i want to get to some trade rumors because as you've seen i'm sure you got either espn or bleacher report giving you notifications all day I'm just it seems like every five minutes I'm looking over and the Lakers are interested in this or the Celtics are trying to do this and one thing that's been popping up a lot is Jimmy Butler. what do you think is gonna happen? because personally now i I don't even know at one point I was convinced he was gonna be a Celtic. then I was convinced he was gonna be a cavalier and now I'm kind of convinced he's gonna st- stay with Chicago I, I I really don't know what to think.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to think either, uh, with that because yesterday there was huge reports saying how he was pushing to go to Cleveland and he wanted to go with the Cavs, but now there are reports saying that his agent is telling the Cavs that he wants to stay with the Bulls and there's other reports saying how the Cavs players are urging him to not want to come to the Cavs and that Kyrie Irving may push for a trade to the Bulls. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on.
0: Yeah. With I think the oh, Cavaliers are the Cavaliers right now. a bit of an enigma right now. I can't figure out what's going on. Is LeBron unhappy? Is LeBron part of this giant scheme all along? Because the first part of me says, you know, supposedly David Griffin was LeBron's boy and he's upset that he was fired. But at the same time, I think Chauncey Billups was one of the guys who said that he would have made the trade for Carmelo at the deadline and so I know LeBron deep down there are reports that he wanted that trade to go through so maybe maybe LeBron did have something to do with this and he just wanted to protect his image to David Griffin in the public didn't want to look like he forced a GM out of there so I really don't know what's going on I'm here you know these reports that LeBron might leave or go to LA I think that's entirely possible I mean, he's still got another year there. And I just, I'm dumbfounded by this situation because when he went back to Cleveland, before he went back to Cleveland, everyone said, oh, there's no chance he goes back to Cleveland. Then he went back and everyone said, no, there's no chance he leaves. He's going to retire there. Like he can't leave again. And now it's like, oh yeah, he might, he might go. Like what?
1: I think the biggest thing about this is LeBron feels like he can leave because he delivered that one promise that he Mm -hmm. promised Cleveland when he first got drafted there about how he was going to bring them a championship. And he did that. So in his head, he's done what he has to do for them. And if he wants to leave and go be happy in LA or somewhere else, then that's up to him. And that's what I believe he believes in his head. So, um... And the thing with the Cavs, they're not making it much easier for him to leave because they go and mm-hmm. fired their GM that helped them construct the team to win the championship three days before the draft, and he was he was the one making the moves to try to get uh, Jimmy Butler or Paul George. So there's a lot of chaos going on with the Cavaliers, and. I don't Yeah, know I agree. At
0: this feasible. at this point in time, I think it's kind of a wait and see type of thing. But I do think if Chauncey Billups is hired, which I got a notification not too long ago that he is going to be hired. Um, I think there's going to be some drastic moves done, most likely involving Kevin Love, whether it be a Jimmy Butler, a Paul George. I don't think they would do a Porzingis trade, but crazier things have happened crazier things have happened and it would be
1: insane if they could get figure out a way to get porzingis porzingis would be the missing piece for a lebron third wheel because he can switch out to those guards and he has the shot blocking ability
0: and i feel like that would be a good trade for the knicks too actually if you get kevin love someone who could carry the franchise for a little while and be a good face at least for a couple years while they try to get their stuff together or he's always flippable again if they want to do that we will see that that cavaliers team they got some moves to make i think they're going to make some big moves i think we're in store for a great draft not only just because there's some great players getting drafted but i think there's going to be some crazy trades go down tomorrow
1: i totally believe that as well i feel that the Cavaliers could be some players I feel like the Celtics would be major players and maybe Mm -hmm. a lot of other teams that's just been super quiet I could see them doing something crazy and well you know what really what came out of the blue for
0: me was that Dwight Howard trade and looking at that I think the that's the best trade the Hornets have made in as long as I can remember. Usually, they're the ones getting messed over in trades, and Michael Jordan's the one that everyone's looking at, like, what are you doing? But for once, I think this is a great move for the Hornets. You got Kemba and Dwight in a pick and roll, and I think this could almost be a new beginning for Dwight. I know he's probably on the back end of his career, kind of lazier than he used to be. He's a little broken down with his back and stuff, but this is a chance for him to be teamed up with another good guard that's not a James Harden who's not really going to look for him in the post. I think he'd get some post touches on this team. Um, I think they play a different style than the Hawks did. So I think he could get involved in the offense even more. And what better to mentor Dwight Howard than the GOAT himself? Michael Jordan when you look at Dwight Howard and a lot of his issues it's usually been him with a coach or him with a alpha male player he hasn't gotten along or this and that but how are you not going to get along with Michael Jordan if Michael Jordan says something you do it and so I think this could be a chance for Dwight to get reinvigorated and have a good year with that team
1: yeah I totally agree uh Dwight Howard would be a great fit with them and i could totally see the hornets using him like they did with al jefferson um he got a lot of touches and uh he's also a great screener for kemba walker and i think that dwight howard could do the same and get kemba a lot of open shots or even get a lot of rolls to the basket and its value
0: one last thing before we go for today about the 76 they made some interesting moves they made it clear they want Fultz. they also have ben simmons they also have him bead how's that gonna work who's gonna run the point are they gonna share duties is simmons are they gonna look to make him more of a conventional wing player now or how do you think that's gonna play out there
1: i still see that they're gonna play simmons at the one and Fultz at the two they, what they really wanted to do before this draft was find a combo guard that could do both uh play point come off of screens play off the ball and they felt that fultz was that perfect guy so i that's why i believe they pulled the trigger and went all in and got Fultz because he seems like the perfect complement. how
0: good do you think fultz is gonna be when i look at him i think he has potential and based off of guards coming out of Washington, I like his chances. You know, he didn't play in the biggest conference. He didn't play with some of the best teams. He, his team wasn't that good. Um, you can say all kinds of stuff. He might be a little undersized, actually. And so, I mean, how, how good do you think he's really going to be? Like, is he going to be a Russell Westbrook type? Is he going to be a Derrick Rose type in his prime? Or is he going to be, you know, just an average guy? good guard in this
1: I think he has like James Harden type potential I mean he's he can do it all like he can shoot he can drive it he can pull up there's not many weaknesses to his like offensive game but it's on the defensive end he has like some issues he's been the clear-cut number one pick since last year and he hasn't done much this season to not be the number one pick even though his team didn't even win 10 games. Just by that, you can see that he has a lot of potential to be one of those do it all guards and he can do it off the ball. So I think he has a lot of potential. And with those two other guys to sort of take that number one pick pressure off of him,
0: I think he can excel. If he comes in and just does an average job, better than average, I guess, eh, not better than average, the NBA's got great point guards right now. If he does an average job this year, and Bede's healthy, and Simmons is healthy, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs, especially in the East.
1: I totally agree. They have some good role players as well, so I believe that they can be a team that will fight Mm -hmm. for like a 7 or 8 seed.
0: Okay, well, that about does it for today. Thanks for joining me again, Hot Rod. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back soon with some post-draft analysis and see where things go from there otherwise as always bonafidebasketball.com find us on twitter instagram facebook youtube podbean anywhere you can find us so until next time thank you
1: stay tuned